0: Hey Z. Yeah? Has your mum ever wrestled an alligator to save your cousin? No. Have you ever moved to Berlin with no money and started a video art platform?
1: Definitely not.
0: Does your family cookbook include stewed armadillo or turtle?
1: Ah, um, let me think. No.
0: Well, have you ever started an art and co-working space in the middle of a pandemic to provide your community with access to skills, support, culture, food and safety?
1: No, but I do know who you're talking about, and her pronouns are she/her, and it's Tiffan De Florette Hunter Brown.
0: Tiffan was born in the jungle of Crooked Tree Village in Belize in Central America, and then she spent her teen years in the UK and bounced around the world before she found herself on the literal other side of it in Apollo Bay on Kadarbunud land.
1: Thank you to the ancestors of that land for having us. We were lucky enough to record this chat deep in a valley surrounded by ferns and
0: mist. We We cover things like ancestry, art making, motherhood and the sheer bliss of nachos in a bag.
1: There's so much swearing
0: and so much laughter.
1: Let's find out what Tiffan eats.
0: Artist, creative director, mum, food truck vendor, designer, studio manager what am I missing? Uh, you missed a uh, curator.
2: Mm-hmm. Did you say DJ? I have not singer. said DJ yet. <laughs> Ex-DJ. Uh, party planner. Video art. Platform. Creator. I'm a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm a slash. I'm a slashy. You're a slashy. I'm a slashy. I feel like a lot, I recently like having been sort of discovering I have ADHD Mm-hmm. Uh one of I'm one of those one of the late diagnosed people. <laughs> Suddenly everything makes sense. Yeah. I realize that why uh I have been so slashy, so multitasky because my intense focus uh, you give me anything I'll be an expert in the, in 3 days. I love mm. this. Like give me 3 days. I'll rule your world. Mm. <laughs> I've got so, this pain in
0: my tooth at the back mm-hmm. end. I'm drinking. <laughs> oh,
2: well. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> give me a few minutes. Like, <laughs> I once Googled how to do a
0: tracheotomy just in case. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. But I learned it from watching MASH. You can use a ballpoint pen and a scalpel. Mm-hmm.
1: So can you tell us about the most recent sort of fruits of this amazing attention span of yours and, and what are you up to currently?
2: Oh, right. I'm about six businesses in at this point, I think. <laughs> um, after having children, I decided to open up the project space which was based on connection because like when I when I moved to this part of the world, I was extremely isolated. When you've got a strange mind or you feel like you have a strange mind, it's very hard To find other people who are a bit weird that get you and won't judge you. So I decided to open somewhere where all these little weirdos could like (laughs) come come at me basically. So um, that's how it started. It was going to be an everything space. You know, I wanted to have art. I wanted to have like community. I wanted to have education, workshop. I was like teaching um, um, upskilling, digital upskilling to anyone who wanted it just to help through covid that was my main thing is like i needed to teach people how to be sufficient during covid because like there was no support like you know the down down in apollo bay yeah i know things were pretty bad in melbourne but like the isolation the lack of support the fact that apollo bay has the largest single parent one of the largest single parent communities, you know, uh, single mothers. And we were particularly a completely disadvantaged group because I don't know if you remember the ins and outs, like you had to have an important job to be able to get your children to childcare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an important job is like anything a woman didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I've sort of put forward that, you know, my job was essential. So I was telecommunication. So like just teaching everyone how to put their businesses online A lot of things just fit into place. It comes from me wanting to, um, me feeling isolated, me, you know, like it's not unselfish. Like that's where all good things start. I think, you know, first of all, what do I need? And like, how can I also share that, extend that so other people can like get comfort from that? Um, And then I started the development lab with a couple of friends, which was uh, essentially just an artist residency program. And just to bring a bit of culture alternative culture down to here <laughs> you guys were really exciting that's how we met through the winter wild we were the weird um, we were your first yeah, pair of weirdos yeah, i love the weirdos the weirdos arriving <laughs> i love you and we're still here right and we are here yeah we're back and we're um back. yeah we couldn't and you were get back. rid of us cannot get rid of you i don't want to and then during like a manic session like of brain burning,
0: I was like, I'm gonna open a coffee truck. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> text. <laughs> remember you texted me and you're like, Oh I'm my gonna God. I'm gonna start a food van. Yeah I was, like,
2: <laughs> I was like, What what sells in Apollo Bay? Like what stayed open during COVID? What is COVID mm. resilient? And I was like, Coffee. Also, what do I like? <laughs> what do I like? Yeah, that's it. What do I like? So the love of coffee started when I came to Australia. And then so I opened Decided to open the food and coffee truck at Jungle Drifter for a so coffee good. and queso. So uh, yeah, so we're doing, uh, during summer we do um, quesadillas and at the moment I'm doing this uh, mad thing called um, Dorilodes, which is just like walking nachos. It's basically this oh, snack man. that I used to have when I was a kid. It's not classy in any way. It's full trash. Go ahead, um, go ahead, go ahead. So like you just like chop a big pack of Doritos or like corn chips down like at the side yeah. not the top and then you just fill it with chili con carne and like pico de gallo and like, all the like delicious like nacho stuff. Are you open tomorrow? I am open I tomorrow. I see you
0: tomorrow. Uh, I am. Come on there.
2: Nachos, nachos in-, in a bag basically. Great. <laughs> and when I was a kid that was like my most intense oh. like favourite thing in the whole world because I used to love when the corn chips would get soggy a little bit. Oh yeah, And I'd just be like, Ugh. Mm. you know like yeah, so the things you love when you're a kid, I was just like this is basically what I'm doing. It's just like all the food Mm -hmm. I loved as a kid, I'm just doing and sharing and seeing if if anyone else likes it. (laughs) Um, And I do lots of cornbread and um, every once in a while I do like little specials, like panades, which is like a Belizean style empanadas stuffed with like a chili fish or cheese or yeah.
1: Mm. And we'll definitely get onto this more because we want to talk <laughs> yes. about your ancestry and your background yeah, yeah. Um, and how that relates so strongly to your love of food because you are a very generous sharer of food and a feeder, a feeder. Um, <laughs> a
2: feeder. but oh my gosh
1: you know throughout all of these projects you are also a practicing artist yourself mm. can you explain your creative practice
2: my current style started when I used to just I would have to be doodling, constantly doodling. So my way of doodling would be like to cover my um my workbooks with like tipex. Yeah. So yeah. I would be like just constantly so I'd take everything in. I was like obviously an overachieving A plus student, but at the same time like I needed to
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This, Keep all makes
2: those sense hands <laughs> this all yeah. makes sense. I think we now. all
1: remember we were either that person or remember. I yeah. definitely remember a, a really good friend of mine in school. He would cover his books in these little drawings and doodles, and yeah. he yeah. was diagnosed young with ADHD. <laughs> and he was so good at school too, but yeah. he would just cover everything in these little drawings. Yeah.
2: So, like, my essential way I draw as an artist has always sprung off from this that that one thing, just the hours and hours of mm-hmm. doodling. So, you know, as every sort of classic student does when they leave uni with their fine arts degree clutched in their hand, Mm. I went to London because I was like, I'm going to train to be a teacher because how do I make money out of my degree? (laughs) I just did an arts project uh, with a friend one weekend. We built a temporary house outside of the Rathaus in Berlin and I was there for one weekend. I haven't had lived in London for the last year and a bit and I felt like I'd been in a very unkind city and it was very harsh and like just within minutes of like arriving in like this art project people like fed and watered me and loved me and took care of me and I was like if you haven't found a job and somewhere to live in a week you're going home and I did I found both I found a job I found a a job at an Indian contemporary arts gallery called Bodhi Berlin yeah in that first week I met people that I'm still talking to now that have influenced my life greatly Video art was my passion because of the connections I had made. So I started Video Kills, which was a video art platform um, just promoting. I'm always with other people promoting video art and video artists. And at the same time, also, I was trying to be a professional artist there as well. Like I wanted to be taken up by a gallery. So a lot of symbolism. uh, And even the video art performances were all like written. There were always an attempt to figure myself out. I thought eventually if I write enough or if I do enough intuitive like symbols or like simplify my language, I'll be able to figure it
0: out. That's so interesting because when I experience your work, I see so many elements of you, like deep elements of you in it. And it's like your history, your experiences of being in your body, um, storytelling, the things you love, the, the words, because words are so crucial for you. And it's the things that you're working through And it's something that deeply connects me to you, whether it's your prints or um, your video work, because I've only seen little snippets of it. Do you find that that way of approaching your artwork is also the way that you approach food. Can you speak to that idea? Of-
2: yeah. So food, like I grew up with my grandmother, like my like playing with the cows in the watering hole and licking the cow licks, just running around nudie and like just fighting off like little snakes and spiders, being terrified, but of mm. like these giant toads that would live in our out shower, you know, just. Oh my Full feral jungle child, uh, like right. growing in creeks, listening to stories of like my mum like wrestling alligators to try and save a cousin who unfortunately died. But my mum jumped in there. I'm like, I, if I'm 10% as brave as her, like I'd like to think I jump
0: in, mm. you know. So You come from a lineage of alligator wrestlers <laughs> yeah. because yeah. you're from the Caribbean and and you, you've said to me before that to be Belizean is not necessarily to be one well, lineage of people. No are, I'm right. Belizean
2: Creole Yep We spell Creole with a K R I O L. recently noticed that the uh, Indigenous peoples of Australia Have also started referring to Their languages as Creole as well was K-R-I-O-L yeah. So it's the yeah. only with two K- people So yeah. like Yeah So it's really interesting I was like Huh You know It's like really It's actually really nice That I have a connection to Australia In that way yeah.
1: Can you describe the food Of your ancestry So Belizean Creole
2: Yeah I've eaten fucking some weird shit. Yes. <laughs> so, and I have memories of like really fucking weird shit, like eating, you know, like, I, I mean, it's only weird because like I've been Europeanized. So like one of my favorite meals, like that I still cook for myself now and I try to cook for friends, mm-hmm. but I realized it does not translate well, Is not for non, the non Belizeans among us, is uh pigtail stew. So like... Ooh. In the shops in Belize, you just have like brine pigtails in a bucket. Wow. <laughs> and then you just pick out your pigtails, little curlies, and you chop them up. And then you just stew them with like yellow split pea and coconut. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's delicious. Just have I it would rice. eat that. Or cowfoot foot stew. That was good. That was always yeah. my, that was a very gel, like gelatinous <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I remember having that, you know. And then I watched, would watch my grandmother making coconut milk and coconut oil from scratch. You know, oh, that's incredible. Just grating it, you know, like kind of thing. So, and you know, then
0: grinding it as well? She just, just, just
2: grate, great, 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 great. And then the milk would come out and then she'd like squeeze the flesh and then like you'd boil it till you scoop off the oil off the top and then you have the cake, you know, like so uh, like, yeah. And that's where the oil comes from. Yeah. Maybe you're
0: boiling it and scooping it yeah, off the top. Yeah, just like you, when you make scooping. ghee,
2: you, you can scrape off the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sort of just leaves the clarified butter mm-hmm. and takes off the fats. Well, like the fats is the coconut oil. So my favorite is green coconut, which is like a, mm. a newly forming. Yep, the bubby. Yeah, oh, and babies. you have it, and it tastes like the most juicy, like cheron fruit almost. Have you ever mm. had like a uh, like an unripe no. Chiron fruit, like oh, uh, no. a, a persimmon? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah.
1: Is that so? Chiron fruit is another name for yeah. A persimmon.
2: So a charon fruit is like a persimmon,
1: and persimmons Young are green. the ones that look like tomatoes, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And
2: then green coconut tastes like uh like an unripe, unripe persimmon. persimmon. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like okay. Yeah. So there's a there's some flavors that. for you. It yeah. is. <laughs>
1: So, nibbles are quick fire questions just to have a little snack yep. mid interview. So, first thing that comes to mind, super fast, who's your favorite cook?
2: My friend Sam Gant is my favorite cook. <laughs> she is. She's my happy place. I've told her so many times that she's my happy place. Like, I go (laughs) to her house to be fed. She just is so good with the flavors and the combos and the...
0: Oh, my Lord. Shout out to Sam. We love you, Sam. We
2: love you, Sam Gant. Yeah. So, who's your favorite artist? Oh, shit. (laughs) My (laughs) mind's gone blank. My my immediate knee-jerk reaction is Mark Rothko. Like, uh, these particular red and black Mm. paintings really affected me... Like, that was the first word that kept shouting at me when I was like thinking about nice. it. So I was like, oh, yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, go with that, that. guy.
1: Um, what's your favorite kitchen sound?
2: Some fried chicken deep frying in a vat of oil. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> go crackle, crackle. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: like the, the sound of chicken frying. Yeah. And what about
0: your favorite kitchen smell?
2: Oh, well, that's got to be just bread. <laughs> just, just bread right.
0: existing, as bread, a, existing as bread existing Like you know just like uh, bread existing yeah baking, well, bake,
2: bake, baked bread, toasting You mm. know like any of it Like mm. baked bread when you made that loaf that time, oh, hot damn! That oh, was yeah. all that, oh, bread, was that out out out? It bread out of the oven. Bread out of the oven. Yeah, yeah. my grandma. I think my grandmother used to make bread. My mum mm. used to make bread. Just like the smell of bread cooking. Just
1: that's such a good one.
2: Yes to that. <laughs>
1: What's the latest thing you've learned to cook?
2: Oh, I'm so excited about this one. <laughs> ah, I've learned to make miso chicken. Which is just Oof. ridiculous. And I have started because of how much I love this, I've started like meal prepping, which is <sighs> fucking insane. I just cook an entire chicken in miso chicken, like uh, in this miso chicken recipe. And mm. then I make like the sushi rice with like uh, a stir miso through it. Mm-hmm. And then I just cook it with some bok choy and I have like a boiled egg. And it's like a little mm. meal that I make mm. with like three cucumber slices. And I have like, Six of these waiting in my fridge right now. I had one for lunch and ah, I, it's my dopamine food. Great. Yes. So I get like dopamine foods like and then when I when it wears off, I'm just like, oh, God, I don't like that anymore. <laughs> like it's been my comfort food for 10 years, but now I'm over it and I need yeah. a new
0: one. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so, I get like that. Miso
2: chicken is my new dopamine food where I like I have it two or three times a day. There are times where I've gone a week and that's all I've eaten. That's
0: my hardcore mm. fave. To get less hardcore, but this could be hardcore because you didn't grow up with this, you got a piece of toast, Mm -hmm. house smells good because there's been bread baking Mm -hmm. and toasting and you're going to do a a Vegemite and a butter situation. What are your ratios of Vegemite to butter? I see your face. Your face Uh, looks like I'm just – Yeah. So (laughs) – It's, uh, 250
2: grams of butter It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. Salty mm. Extremely salty mm. And it's scrape A little mm. scrape of Vegemite For a little of um- umami yeah. I like a, a suggestion I like salt I like salt yeah. We've had this conversation On how yeah. much I love Like salty butter mm-hmm. And that's what I like To make on Vegemite toast I like yeah. to make Amplified salty butter. (laughs) The
1: suggestion of Vegemite. (laughs) The
0: suggestion. It's merely a suggestion. Vegemite adjacent.
2: It's merely there to amplify the natural flavours of the butter.
1: So, the stereotype of the starving artist is firmly established in society and is often a place where a lot of people's minds go when you first talk about yourself as an artist Mm -hmm. and is often a comment that comes shortly after that fact is revealed. So just unpacking the reason why this exists and when you come into contact with this term or this Mm -hmm. stereotype, where does your mind go? What are your feelings about it?
2: My personal experiences of it i've been a starving artist multiple times (laughs) so you know stereotypes come from an element of truth Mm. as an artist needed paint (laughs) Mm. Mm. but also needed to eat and there's so many times like i could get just by i got by for a very long time on a sniff of an, of an oily rag. Um, because, like, like, beers were a euro. I, could make, I, could like, I was well known to be able to make a beer last an entire night. Because mm-hmm. I had no money. For, I, had one, I had one euro. I, had, I bought a beer so I could be social with my friends. Mm. And it was just for me to hold so people wouldn't often, like, feel that they had to buy me anything. Mm. Yeah. And that was, yeah, purely because, like, I didn't have any family. I had no other source of income. It was beer versus a uh, new paint of Cerulean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh,
0: you know? gosh. Like a Series yeah, you know, 4 like, oil paint? So
2: painful. <laughs> like, uh. I've run out. I really need some more paint. But also, like, a lot of being an artist in today's world is, like, socialising and... The money goes towards so many places, making the connections so your work can get shown, so you can get a gallery exhibition to like, you know, unless you're like, have a patron who sponsors you and believes in your work, which is what most artists like prolific and famous artists had through like Mm. during, through history history. and that's how they survived. I I didn't have that guy. You know, I I wasn't rich. I'm just a normal person Mm. on my own Mm. trying to make money off art. Cause like to be able to create, you need time. You need to have time to do nothing. Mm. yeah and I I was very hard work I'd make my own money but there were times multiple times where I was like god damn I have no food but then that's when my beautiful friends would like they'd invite me for dinner
0: you know so Uh your community was looking after you
2: and there was this amazing place that also did every Tuesday night they would have just make a giant vat of pasta and it was the most amazing food ever Mm. and every Tuesday you know you'd be able to like Pay a euro for a beer, Mm -hmm. you can go get a plate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Berlin places, they also had the, you know, pay what you can Mm -hmm. situations. And like when you didn't have any money, you paid a euro. When you had more money, you you paid them a bit more. That is a really
0: extraordinary way of looking at the situation and not romanticising it and being like, this is what these people need, let's offer this to them because they are contributing to our community in a way that... That's right we're not going to ask them for monetary stuff because they're doing it in other ways. And Mm. I find that the starving artist term being used as a power play by someone who wants to other somebody or reduce somebody, Mm. um, it's such an incredible contrast to what you lived with as like a young artist because you were so deeply supported by your community. Have you then experienced that? The other side of that, where people have othered you or use that idea of the starving artist to make you feel less
2: than—I'm um, sure it's happened. I just haven't noticed because, like, mm. um, I don't really care about other people's opinions much. Honestly, I probably haven't noticed if they have because mm. that kind of—that's
0: wonderful. That's yeah. kind of like, a distraction. You have too many things to do. Have, to, I'm busy to be worrying I about have, the bullshit. I don't
2: have any time for your. Yeah. Prejudice, mm. Like, I have too many other prejudices. Like, some b- worrying if I'm brown or not or, like, yeah. fucking – I have other pre- – like, th- you. that's not even hitting any point in my yeah. – <laughs> like, on my
0: scope of something
2: that I need to worry about.
0: Yeah. Do you want to talk about that, that idea of being a woman of colour in the arts industry and yeah. what you've experienced oh, throughout the God, years? Oh, God, it used to
2: make me so mad. Mm. Um, like, one of my lecturers at uni, who was also a woman of colour – was like, oh, go for this grant, you'll get it, because it's specifically for, for brown people. And I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake. I want to be a good artist. Like, it doesn't matter what color my skin is. Why? Yeah. why? I mean, I know what she was saying. Like, obviously, like, mm. England has very, like, it, it is racist, and that's why there's, like, play. so it wasn't even that she was, she was trying to help me. But then I just got angry at the system, which I quite often do. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm.
2: like, goddamn,
1: God, yeah. you know,
2: just, yeah. So I have far more anger at the discrimination, uh, being a woman, being a person of colour. There was a certain conceptual visual style that was kind of celebrated in these multiple Biennales springing up in all these countries, trying to get like the creative tourism and like the cultural like um, mm. agency. But like it was all shipped in. Yeah. It was all shipped in art. Mm-hmm. There was no like local, local art. It was, that was folk art, you know, and it's yeah. not. Not high art. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. I got like that sort of stuff angers me. Um, I, I just took like the starving artists as like, for me, it was like, ah, you know, if you've got a passion. It's one of those things. You, like even now, at the project mm. space. I'm like you don't make money with art. Like you do. Like having worked in the gallery system, I know that at some level you make money with art. You know, but mm. that's the percentage. The percentage of artists to people who actually can make a living from it is minuscule. Mm. Yep. So I imagine most artists, if they're fully invested in their art form and, like, and want to like dedicate their full time to it, are mm. yeah. You know, unless they're successful. So I don't or are know. They're how, working another job or they're working but that's what I mean that yeah that's what I mean they have to and then they do, that takes away from their art practice yeah. because they have to expel energy into mm. so like we're talking people who are like fully just like nah I'm just gonna fucking live off my art I'm not doing any other work unless you're a trust fund baby how are you gonna make that work mm. mm-hmm. you do you have to sacrifice your time and honestly like Anybody who judges you for following your passion is a dickhead. So, like, (laughs) I don't care what you have to say about that. Like, Mm. because they're following, you're just jealous. They're following, they have a dream, they're following their dream and they're following their passion. That's so far beyond my um, worry line, I think. Mm. That's the problem.
1: Another thing that we've also talked about is this idea of, like, defiance or suffering as, as, like, the cause Uh. for... Good art. You don't
2: have to be tortured. No. For a long time, I thought I had to be tortured too. Like a lot of my art, that was all like I was talking about. My my previous work was just all about like deep, like hurt and like pain and like ah. Uh, and then I painted in black and white for like years. And then I'm like, no, I paint color because <laughs> I had to break through that that I could only. Um, I was like, oh, I'm too happy to make art. Oh, it's not real art. You know, it's just. It's just illustration. That's
0: so crazy, it's, isn't we, it? Yeah, this no, no, idea. We, we to, yeah, it's not real to art. It's not yeah, If
1: you're happy that you're, you've got nothing to say. Yeah,
2: and you're, and now, like, now that I've reached a place with my artwork that I've realized that's nonsense. And that I'm painting in colour again. Have I said that? I'm painting in colour again. This is so exciting. And it's just never been easier. It's never been flow. I've never been a more happy, healthy, whole person. Mm -hmm. So the artwork
0: that I'm producing now is coming from a super healthy place. Yeah. And And this is where art and mental health are crucial because you have an ADHD diagnosis that... Your whole life you have been living with this in some very extraordinary ways that have been really positive and you've also dealt with, you know, the downsides of that because there's always going to be a downside to something. But you've also lived in a society where you have not been supported in that way to, to deal with the highs and the lows of that. And so now you are joyful. Yeah. But the
2: thing, I think the thing where the torture comes from is that I think art is self-discovery and to self-discovery is always painful. Mm. So like, ah, oh, my brain was on fire. And that is, you know, but after years of healing, becoming a mother and like my importance shifts and like suddenly things start making sense. Like, and I've reached a place now where
0: like the self-discovery is not as intense as it was right that's I think that's really important yeah. because we've interviewed other artists who are also mums before yeah. and their practices really changed mm-hmm. um, since they had kids and how could it not mm-hmm. but it's really beautiful to hear that you are really aware of the fact that it, like it changed irrevocably mm-hmm. the way that the rest of like your entire life did but it didn't mean that the work that you were making was less than yeah Second round of nibbles. Yeah. What is your favorite kitchen utensil or gadget? Oh fuck! I
2: have a favorite rice pan. It's it's just like every every time like I've ever had to get a new rice pan, like mm. I have to I try a few first, you know. Like I'm like, oh, that's not it. Oh, that's not it. So mm. I like have a favorite rice pan.
1: <laughs> um, can or cannot be rice related, but can you share uh. with us a kitchen disaster story? <laughs> Bread. I tried to
2: make bread. Uh, <laughs>
0: I cannot cook bread. Cannot cook bread.
2: Yeah, fuck. That was
0: like the worst. <laughs> did you make the... Did the whole house smell like wet dog or... Oh, I don't know why. Did it, was it just not brick. rise? I could was have it built a, a house with it. Yeah, okay. Like, and I really tried. I followed that recipe. I don't know what I did. No. Like, uh, I don't know what I did.
1: Have you tried again since?
0: Uh, yeah, but you make cornbread. You make Belizean cornbread. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. 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 And I love bread so fucking
2: much. Yeah. Like, I love it so
0: much. It's like, your favorite German- kitchen smell. Mm.
2: Oh, ah, yeah. It's like German bread with the white fluff and the crunch on the outside. Mm. And like even French like yeah. baguettes. That is my bag, man. I, yeah. Don't give me the sourdough shit. Like, mm. I, I don't want to fight with my bread. Like, that hurts. I don't want it to like cut up my mouth. Like, it's yeah. like I'm really sad <laughs> at how much Australia loves sourdough. Yeah. I like a light, light fluffy, crunchy on that. You, you know, that you squeeze squeezing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, but I can't mm. make it. Don't ask.
0: Okay, so I'm not (laughs) going to ask you to do that, but what is your cooking superpower? If you're going to make something that's not bread, Mm. what's your superpower?
2: Growing up in Yorkshire, lots of hearty... Northern, stodgy, like Yorkshire puddings, anything like that. You want to be, be nourished? I can nourish thee.
0: Mama Tiffy's got you. Mama Tiffy's
2: got thee with the English, the solid English fare. I can do you a good, any solid English traditional fare.
0: Last question
1: of the nibbles. Yep. If you could recreate an artwork out of food, what would the artwork be and what food would you use to recreate the artwork? Oh.
2: Honestly the first that came to head was Tracy I mean. Ammons bed and it would just feel <gasps> like pizza oh. just fucking mushed pizza everywhere so that literally the first thing that came to my head i was just like just fucking piles of pizza just fucking slopped all over that's the place that's great yeah <laughs> I the think it the represents
1: a lot of, like, what that artwork is about. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> I
2: feel that. that she's someone yeah, else, that I also sad, feel, I'm pizza. like, I get it. Mm. The dirty undies on the part. they're like, you're yeah. in a fucking state to get into, yeah, like, you know. Real. That's mental health. That's like.
1: Is there any pizza in that artwork? I, like, I don't like, know. There I should be, be a pizza box. There should be. There a, should an be. empty,
2: greasy, there yeah. should definitely be a chips, cheese and a uh, gravy box somewhere oh, yeah. tucked under. When
0: we interview Tracy, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. check with her. Yeah. You'll be like, we'll just check. yo, Tiff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tiff. Tracy said no. Tracy like, says
1: the pizza box is under the bed. That's yeah, why you can't see it. <laughs> she just fucking
2: shoved that under the bed.
1: Tell us about the recipe that you chose to bring for us today.
2: I uh, brought Fry Jacks. So Fry Jacks, every culture has their fried bread. And Fry Jacks are a Belizean... Fried bread, God, uh, that's and they're my ah. best fucking memory. Like that's my happy place. Like, <laughs> and like you know what? It's one of those recipes that I use the same goddamn ingredients. It's in my little Belizean recipe book. It's been passed mm-hmm.
0: down. Yeah. Like, I'm so excited to share this,
2: and yet mine does not puff up like my grandmother's. Mm. My grandmother would do it and they would puff up to the size of a giant puffball mushroom. You know, What was your grandma's name? Uh, Ina. Ina. Ina Tillett. So Mm. Biscayne Village, mile 24. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Up there in heaven. Um, Yeah, so and it was just literally just a fried dough you Mm -hmm. make with like shortening and flour and what kind of oil were you cooking? Coconut oil?
0: I was going to say. Or vegetable oil? Yeah, I was wondering if it was going to be coconut oil. Yeah,
2: well, it depends. Like at home. But, like, if you're in, like, a restaurant, I'm sure they use, like, a big vat of, like, veggie oil. Yeah, just you know? veggie um, oil, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know what she used. I think lard. Lard would probably be the most yeah. um, oh. easiest, easiest thing that she would probably awesome. fry it in. The Hungarian yeah. over here. Yeah, awesome. No, I'm with you. <laughs> you right. Right. <laughs> Rub me in lard, mate. Like, I, like, I'm all about those healthy fats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, hers, you cut them into triangles, and then you fry them, and they go. Oh. And, except mine don't. Mine, mine are just like a little, f- so, yeah, so, yeah, like, a little. Ee, solid triangle, uh, and then you <laughs> just like the same as the tortillas, you just yeah. slice them open and just shove cheese in them, so like Velveeta, oh. like classic. <laughs> that and it, it's just yeah, there's something about the fried breads, and then you have that with everything, so you'd mm-hmm. have it with like. Uh, refried beans—you'd have oh. it with like for with the scrambled eggs and refried beans, and mm-hmm. like um or like with your stew chicken. You know, yeah. it's just a, everything fried bread. Like it's kind of like Johnny cakes kind of thing, but yeah. like uh yeah. So fry jacks, little triangles of joy. Right, oh my and God, I love.
1: what are the specific rules? Like, do you are there any tips that you could give? For making these Like that you've learned Over time <laughs>
2: If I knew I, they would I mean look we like don't my know How to get them As good as emails, <laughs> I don't know but what <laughs> she did You know she needs to My aunties probably Can tell me My mom just goes eh, I forgot how to make Everything Belize You know like mm. She's very Anglicized now Yeah uh, I actually brought her back One of these books when uh, I went to Belize and I was ah. like, mother, please make <laughs> Yeah. Because she's one of those, ah, oh, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I like, specifically, give me the ratios. Yeah. <laughs> she's specifically like, just, how much? It's just experience, you know. Like, the more you make them, the more you're like, oh, I need less shortening. Or, oh, I need a bit more flour. Or, yeah. oh, I need the oil needs to be hotter. You mm. know, like, I think the key is hot
1: oil. That's, I was going to say, that's it's definitely. It's hot oil.
2: That's what that's what makes I it puff
1: up. That's probably Ina's. Yeah, that's Secret. her
2: trick. That is her. I guarantee just it's that.
1: blisteringly hot. Blisteringly hot. And probably hot. In, a, in a pan that has like... A is used old, exclusively of for ancestors. those. her ancestors.
2: She probably creates mm. like rituals in that frying pan. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. She probably has like her, mm-hmm. her fry jack pan that she just fucking... Yeah. Has the, has the heat of the... Pan of has the pan has doubled heat in size just because yeah, of all the that's stuff that's it. caked like, on the side. It's her magic spells. I don't know. Yeah. So, I imagine it's just very, very hot oil. Mm. <laughs> I'm too impatient. I'm like, quick, give it to me, put it in my mouth now. Yeah. Like so, like that's my problem, impatience.
0: So, what are the flavors that you're you would say if someone's going to make this? Mm-hmm. What are we noticing? What are we looking for? What's like some li- little bliss points
2: that oh, we just, we're looking
0: for? It's just bready.
2: Yeah, oh. <laughs> you know, it's the ultimate. It's a bit greasy. Yeah, it's a bit bready. It's that you know, like it's just soft. It's hot. It's chewy, mm-hmm. it's just, you, what you look for is a big puffy, light, crispy dough You know, it's just like a little puff ball. Mm-hmm. But I will
0: take my version And it's yes. still yummy It just tastes, I don't know how to explain it Own it I think it's really interesting is that what we've been talking about over the last few minutes is really similar to an art practice. And I know that we're in recipe mode, but I think it is really interesting that when you guys were sort of like sparring and going backwards and forwards of like, oh, how are you doing this? And what's happening? And you're like, I don't know. You know, Ina just said that you just need like a a bit of this and like not not a cup. I don't know. You just, it's intuitive. This idea of really honing your skills is something that as an artist, I know that I'm predominantly a painter, Mm -hmm. Z, you're predominantly um, working with sound and if you're working with like bloody everything that whatever, comes whatever into I your orbit. Whatever I get my hands on, <laughs> yeah. But I think when you're really refining the thing that's speaking to you for a specific, you know, moment of time or if it's one kind of medium um, or practice that you're working with over, you know, a, a lifetime, this idea of becoming like one with the material or the practice or, you know, the processes, it means that you you don't have to write it down and it becomes really, you know, magical and it's like this sixth sense of, you know, I don't need to know how much of the white that I'm adding to this, you know, um, cadmium yellow and I, I don't need to worry about what I'm doing with, say, the tuning of something if it's an instrument or, you know, maybe it's different with, say, video art or maybe it's different with print. Making, but I think it's it's really magical what you've just even been talking about because I see this beautiful parallel and then this idea of like hitting the flavours kind of opens it up as well because yeah. it's like, well, it becomes your dish. The, this is why the recipe
2: this recipe book is also more like a guide. Yeah. Because it's a suggestion of because yeah. like basically the the nanas, the, the 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 women or the men passing the recipes, they're like my mother, they're like I don't know, bit of this, bit of that, and mm. someone's tried to write that down. I and love that. they've like measured it with their hand. You're like a handful, and they're like, well, "What's that? Like, is that a cup? Is that you know the size of your hand? Your hand is how that's how much flour it is, like you know. So like that's yes. this is what it is. It's not
0: really a recipe book. It's just like a a loose guide. Yeah, mm. yeah You'll work it out because it's yeah. a practice, just like an that's art right. practice where you're gonna you're gonna fuck it up. You know when it's right it too. I think you as you well. You'll know when it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Always know but when also, it's
2: like I said, the always are very moist and I, the so flour moist. in Australia is very, very different to mm-hmm. like Belizean and flour. So it's gonna it's gonna be different. Yeah. I can't cook in a vat of oil uh, of coconut oil, it's too expensive oh. here.
1: But moral of the story is you should bloody try. Because yeah, at the end of it you'll get some delicious fried dough oh, of some I love, form. Love,
2: of fr- love a bit of fried dough. Yeah, so yeah.
1: check out
0: the recipe on our
1: website. Yeah. It'll be
0: on our website. Yeah. Uh, what should we drink with this dish? What are we what are we drinking with it? <laughs>
2: cold pepsi probably <laughs> 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 like in Belize like you go to someone's house and there's just they have like a drinks room with just like bottle like glass bottled uh, sodas it's hot you just want mm. something sweet and sweet and sweet cold, cold. That's it. it's it's uh, icy cold that's all it is that's, Gorgeous. that's it's it's the tropics that's what you have that's what you have with it Perfect. something sweet and cold <laughs> whatever that may be
0: so Because you're not already the most busy person, we know that you run a food truck that's specializing Mm -hmm. in your ancestral food. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about the Jungle Drifter Uh, food and coffee ban in Apollo Bay? Because I love everything that's coming out of that goddamn window.
2: I haven't had to think too much about it because it's just something that I just bake what I like. I change it up. For me, the most important thing about it is it's the place where people come and talk to me.
0: Mm.
2: It's a mental health place. Mm. I have mothers who come and talk to me. It's a place where people come and talk to me about projects. I only do it three days. So like I wear a little hat and actually I find it it's a place that um, I get to rest my mind. Because mm. like I'm so cerebral all of the time. Everything is about ideas and planning and like what happens next that I can actually just like have a chat and mm. cook some food. We,
1: every time we come to Apollo Bay, we pop in. And so can you tell anyone who might be wanting to come and visit you what days you're open?
2: Oh, yeah. So we're open uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's usually just moi, nine till one. So it's just in the mornings while the gallery's open. So you can actually go and have a, a little sit-in. And we're open a bit more during holidays.
0: What you're doing is such at this beautiful intersection of what what Artists Eat is all about because you've spoken about art and you've spoken about food, but the big thing that you keep talking about is community. Yeah. And so you've created this incredible space which uh, means so much to Z and I, which is like all of our values and what excites us and what we want to put out into the world and support and, and talk about is... You literally, you go to work and you have this bright yellow door that is open where people can walk in and do the art thing and the art thing is really diverse and supported Mm. because there's no hierarchy. You're very, very open to what people are doing and then you're going to feed them. And through that, you are threading community together and you are speaking to people, you are hearing them and then you're also creating a space where so many people can come together and whether it's locals... Or if it's tourists who have never been here before or people who are thinking of moving to the area and I think that what you're making is extraordinary. What you have created is is kind of everything that the the tiny human in you has wanted. Mm -hmm. You've recognized that it's not just tiny you, it's it's what everybody has needed. And I Z and I have benefited from that. Yeah, I've made the best friends. Like the
2: the the people who come there. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I've had a few scary moments where I've had to like actively push away people who were I'm not sorry. good for the space but the majority I would say 99% of people who come to the space are incredible humans mm. and I have just been like oh my god I've just met another amazing adorable human and mm. yay you know yeah. <laughs> like and that's You're calling I'm in wanted. the weirdos yeah. it's doing its job it's what I wanted to do I'm tired but I'm happy mm. I'm tired but I'm happy mm.
0: Thank you so much for joining us at the table.
1: All links to what we chatted about, including the recipe from our guest, are on our website, www.whatartistseat.com.au.
0: We'll be back in a fortnight with the next sitting and we'll have another wonderful creative at our table ready to chew on the myth of the starving artist.
1: Everything you heard in this episode was written, recorded and produced by us, Claire Lefebvre and Zoltan Fetcho.
0: You can support us by liking, subscribing and sharing what artists eat with
1: absolutely everyone. Ever. Thanks so much for listening.